Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Devayan with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today we're going to get into some transfer news, some confirmed signings, some rumors that we're going to be hearing. We're going to write whether these rumors are heating up or cooling down. And then we're going to have a special segment where we draft our starting 11s and you guys will decide who wins. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey, Lucas. Nick, how's it going? Dude, it's going well, man. It's going well. F5 season, you know how it is. <laughs> Literally off season. Like, bro, last week we ended the episode saying, don't look into the transfer rumors. There's so much that's going to happen. So much smokescreen. And here I am just looking at the transfer rumors constantly. I'm not listening to my own advice. It sucks. Why am I doing this? <laughs> what are you um what's your top like go-to site? Cuz so I like to use Reddit because uh Reddit Soccer and any of like the the club threads, they like aggregate information. Really? Yeah, so so the reason why I like it is because they'll and they have mods, right? So the the mods uh basically are like the administrators of the page, so anything that ends up being fake or not true, they delete and they take down. And so, so yeah, so you're constantly refreshing and they basically have like sections where they put tiers on all the journalists. So like if Fabrizio Romano tweets something, they post it instantly and then they, they have like a tier one designation for him. And like, so it's, I like it because it's just good for aggregating information, but it's also uh, horrible because, you know, I'm on it like every single time I check the phone, you know, every... Especially when I wake up in the morning because of the time difference, right? Later at night, I kind of stop because everyone's asleep over there. Yeah. Um, but like during the morning from from now till maybe like five o'clock, I'll just keep refreshing my phone. I typically just go on Twitter, to be okay. honest. And there are those same like uh, Twitter pages that, to be honest, I'm not looking at all the teams. I'm just focused on what United is doing. And yeah. there's a specific United page that does that same tier system that it lets you know the reliability of the uh, source. So I just look at Twitter. Uh, maybe Reddit is a better choice, but Twitter is my go-to because you can always go and just see where that source is coming from and if it if they're really that reliable. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, some fan pages are so good because that's all they do. Like, as they're living, they'll just end up aggregating club news and stuff. And I think... I think um, I think it's really cool. I think it's. I think that's like one of the positive things about having like social media. Just like the yeah. how sports has become uni- unified. There's a lot of like toxicity around it, but I think as far as like transfer news and reporting and stuff, I think that's uh, really cutting edge. Yeah, I mean, there's no soccer going on right now. Even the international games have ended, so all we have to look forward to is the transfer rumors. So that's why I'm constantly on it on Twitter. Wake up. First thing I look at, has Frankie de Jong signed with Manchester United? No. Typical United. Next, we see what what Fabrizio has said. Um, That's literally what I do. First thing is, like, what have United done? Second thing is, go through Fabrizio's uh, Twitter page. I mean, listen, man, we're, we're like, way gone past the days where... um... Where essentially, you know, like uh, we'll show they'll have press conferences without anybody knowing anything, and and then they'll show up with yeah. like players. Uh, we're way past that, and I think that, I mean, I like it better this way, but it's kind of it's kind of become a situation where the the news of like player movement is almost just as big as the results when you play the game, 
And I think that's so fascinating because I think just people are like, uh, people really like progress, right? And they they like to see improvement, especially with things they care about. You know, like for, for Manchester United, as an example, if, the, if they're to sign a couple of players, like when they signed Sancho last summer, right? The, the, the dopamine hit that you get when you find out like a player of his quality is coming is uh is almost as good as as them like winning at the last second because you know it makes something that you care about better. Yeah, agreed. So let's get into the confirmed transfers before we get into some of the fun segments that we have going on later on. Uh, Nick, you want to run through? I mean, we went through a lot last week, but there were a few that have come through in the past week. You want to run through those? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first off, we have uh, Arlan uh, many going from AS Monaco to Real Madrid for uh, reportedly $88 million as of right now. This is according to NBCSports.com. Um, I mean, he's a he's a box-to-box midfielder. He makes a strength, more of a strength for, for Real Madrid and uh, overall great signing. I'm just going to run through these, Lucas, and then you, yeah. you tell me which ones you liked and, and which ones you, you did not like, okay? Yeah. Uh, Darwin Nunez from Benfica to Liverpool, also for a reported $82 million and a half million with add-ons as well. Uh, we have, I, I mean, we I don't think we shouted out uh, Diego Carlos from Sevilla to Aston Villa for $34 million as well. Don't think that's a great move by them. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of other moves that we reported uh, recently. I don't know if we classify uh, what just broke as a rumor or official or not, right? But um, Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich uh, just got announced a few minutes ago as well. Huge, huge for them. Uh, Fabrizio Romano reported that. And then also Arsenal yesterday coming out of nowhere uh, signing Fabio uh, Vieira from Porto uh, for around 40 million euros that that also got reported. So those are kind of like the big signings that uh, that we have had announced since then. Um, I mean, we talked about there. If I can just jump in, Gravenberg from Ajax to Bayern Munich. That's also a great center mid signing for them. So that's another call out of a great talent that Ajax have had and have done wonders with to go to another top side. Yep, that's a great shout. So uh, with that being said, Lucas, which of these moves did you really like and which did you uh, dislike? I loved, loved, loved the Chuomeni signing. Loved it because right now they have Real Madrid have a midfield trio of Modric, Cruz, and uh, Casemiro. Then after those three retire, Casemiro is probably uh, like five years younger than Cruz and uh, uh, Modric. But after those three retire, they're then going to have a midfield trio. Of Valverde, Chuomeni, and Kamavinga. Like, come on! That's just not fair! That yeah. midfield depth is just so unreal, bro. Like, brilliant business by uh, Real Madrid. And they were even getting... Uh, Benzema was vouching for Chuomeni to come on uh, to the board. So, yes, the price may seem high. However, if you think... He's going to take that next step and be a fantastic player for your club moving forward. He can learn from Modric, from Cruz, from Casemiro, and he can develop his game so well. So I see Chuomeni replacing Casemiro 
Kamavinga replacing Cruz and Valverde replacing Modric. Okay. I don't know if you agree with that, but yeah. that's how I envision it. I mean, listen, I think I think uh, the playing styles of Cruz and Modric are uh, a little different, right? A little different compared to Kamavinga and uh, Valverde. I think that they're they're so much more technical and they're they're better passers. But I th- I also think Kamavinga and Valverde are really good. I think the thing that both of those two players have uh, that I would consider a little bit over uh, Modric and and Cruz is they're they're more dynamic. So in terms of like their energy and their their pressing and and stuff, uh, I think they're they're a little bit better than Modric and Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I feel like the the style that they might play in the future, if these three midfielders do uh, do develop and do uh, do you know come of age, and I do think honestly for sure Valverde and Kamavinga have shown it, and I think they will be great. Uh, Chomeni, uh, like we, I just don't know. He's sh- he's shown a lot of potential, and and we'll see what happens uh, within the next couple of years for him. But you know, even even so, I think you're gonna see a transition to a more uh, more pressing style uh, and and kind of more dynamic, similar to what Liverpool does, rather than what they're doing now, which is kind of technical and on the the counter attack. But still, regardless. Uh, a top tier midfield, like no matter what, a strength became more of a strength here for them. And it's crazy because Ceballos is a good midfielder, but he doesn't even get a game in this side anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me, you know, and then you've had players like Kovacic who have come along and have left. Cruz is only 32. Modric is the oldest at 36 and Casemiro, I believe is 30 years old. So uh, Cruz, like he's said reportedly that he may retire in a year or two and Modric only has a year left on his contract. So we could see a lot of these players transitioning uh, into starting roles uh, relatively soon within the next three, four seasons. Yeah, yeah. So that's my favorite signing. Uh, not the signing that have happened in the past week. Yeah. Obviously, Erling Haaland to Man City is probably the best signing of the transfer window, in my opinion. Yeah. Because they needed that poacher, that striker to just get the goals for them. But... For in the past week, Chomeni is my favorite signing. My least favorite, or the one that I'm most skeptical about, is Darwin Nunez to uh, Liverpool. And it's not because I'm a United fan, but the reason for that is if you actually watch his games and watch the film, he's not a technically sound player. He can develop into one. He's a fantastic finisher, but his first touch is not the best. So you'll see him be, I I would compare him to Romelu Lukaku, where his first touch is not the best, but he can be very, very clinical. That's how I envision it. And the, for the price point that they did, it doesn't seem like it could be good business, especially even, I would say I would rather have Diogo Jota, Sadi, uh, Mohamed Salah, and Luis Diaz as the front three instead of Darwin Nunez in that front three. Okay. That's, that's, in my opinion, what I would do. And you can still have Bobby Firmino step in for Diogo Jota. You can still have uh, Minamino step in for another player. Like, you have the depth still. So spending this $85 million for Darwin Nunez, somebody who's just had one good season, uh, I'm glad United pulled out of that 
I wanted him as a United player, but for that price point, and it'll impact the rest of the transfer business, I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of agree. I think he's just, I mean, honestly, he's just kind of like a physical specimen because he's so fast, too. Um, I His technique is not as good, so I totally agree with that. And, and you're right, his finishing is on point. I mean, Diego Jota... Uh, I understand that he has scored goals mostly coming on as a super sub, and that's where Liverpool fans think he plays best. But I really like him as a starter. Like, yeah. I, I really do. I do think he could fill that striker role. He's a great finisher. His positioning is very sound. Uh, I'm pretty sure he starts as a striker for, for Portugal, and Ronaldo plays on the right. So, I mean, on the left. So I just I just feel like he can definitely fill that role. If Nunes does not uh, hit off, hit it off in his first season, then I definitely see that being the situation. Lucas, right? Because I don't think I will be very surprised if Nunez comes in and starts banging in goals right from the start. I think it'll take a season for him to get his legs underneath him. Uh, and I think, I think we'll, we'll have to see how he develops uh, not this season, but, but two seasons from now. Right. And is it worth it? If he's a 20 plus goal scorer consistently, it might be, um, but I don't think they're going to get that this year. And yeah. and I feel like uh, this is kind of a move for, for the future for them, just for them to look at the striker market and see that there's not really anyone around and for mm-hmm. them to get one of the, the you know, three or four premier strikers on the market. Um, it kind of just like solves a need that they may encounter in the future. But But I ultimately agree with everything that you said. Yeah, perfect. So with that, I think we covered off on the confirmed transfers in the past week. Nick, let's let's have a little segment, have a little fun of some of the transfer rumors that have been going on that have been just messing with our minds. Okay. So I'm going to name a player to a team, and you're going to let me know if it's hot or cold. Okay. Right. So hot means more likely to sign, more likely to happen. Cold means you don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Robert Lewandowski to Barcelona. Uh, I think that is hot. I think that's going to happen. Um, I just feel like at this point, right, there are there's Chelsea that's also interested, right, if they get off Lukaku. I don't think he wants to go to Chelsea. Um, I think I think Barcelona is, is the destination that's meant for them. And with Barcelona agreeing, their board passing essentially the two deals that they needed for their TV rights and merch- merchandising rights, mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to gain the money that they need to, to qualify within La Liga's financial fair play. I think that they'll ultimately be able to, uh, to get him, right? I, don't, I, I do feel like it'll cost a lot more than they think. I think they'll end up having to pay around like 40 million pounds. Yeah. But I, I would rate that as hot. Okay. Gabriel Jesus to Chelsea. To Chelsea, uh, I think that's cold. I think he, you thought I, I was gonna say Arsenal. Yeah, I think that's cold. I think he's gonna go to Arsenal. Okay. Um, I mean, I know that's me being a little bit biased, but I just feel like uh, the relationship he has with uh, Mikel Arteta and some of the players on the Brazilian national team that also play for for Arsenal, uh, I think that he's gonna just end up uh, end up going there. He doesn't. Well, he will have to move from Manchester to to London. But also at the same time, uh, I think Manchester City will not sell to, to Chelsea, Liverpool, or Man United. But for some reason, because of Pep and Mikel's relationship, they'd be willing to sell 
to, to Arsenal. So I would rate that as cold for, for him going to Chelsea. But hot for Arsenal. Hot for Arsenal, yeah. Okay. Do you think Arsenal will get it over the line? I think within the next week. I think next week when we're talking, he'll be confirmed. Yeah. Uh, okay, I like that. Yeah. Romelu Lukaku to enter. Oh, this is so hot, man. I think <laughs> I think this is this is this is going to happen. I think it's first of all, <laughs> I don't know if this was planned or not, right? For like uh enter to sell Lukaku for basically like a hundred million pounds and then for Lukaku to basically stink it up for, for a season and then want to go back on loan to to enter uh at a discounted rate of like ten million euros, basically, is what they're they're saying that he's reportedly gonna get loaned for. I I mean, a a quadruple plus business by Inter, uh, right. unbelievable man, unbelievable. And you know, if he goes back, that opens the door for them to sell Martinez. So if they sell Martinez for around eighty to one hundred million euros, which is reportedly what they're evaluating him at, and uh, Skriniar is also you know PSG bid for him, uh, their center back. Uh, if they sell them for a combined like one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty million euros, and they get Lukaku. I just think that they just continue to do on real business. And it's crazy given their financial situation, how they're they're doing so well because they are they are cash strapped reportedly and they're somehow still still staying afloat. It's unbelievable to me. Unreal. Just crazy. Okay, next, Frankie de Jong to Manchester United. Dude, Lucas, um I think this is this is so it's not cold. Uh I think this is this is warm okay i think it's warm so i think this is a little bit closer to hot than it is cold i i feel like even though they had their financial deals uh solved and their economic issues solved for this season i think barcelona still want to sell him because they still want to have different different types of players uh on on board de young was very uh not very good he was great Two seasons ago, with Messi still playing, he was arguably their second best outfield player. It was, if you remember us talking about it, it was him, uh, Messi, and Ter Stegen as the three players that were essentially carrying Barcelona at the time. Last year, he wasn't he wasn't bad, but he was just decent. The system doesn't fit him, and if he's to go to Ten Hag, I think he he will really unlock the the playing style that he wants to play, similar to what he does for the Dutch national team. Yeah. And um, I mean, I have it as warm. I think he does not want to go, but I, I think, think he wants to stay really bad. But yeah, Barcelona will need to sell him because he's on the highest contract out of all the Barcelona uh, that, players. That's, that's also the thing, right? The wage structure—it's not good to have him on there. Yeah. And they, they want to reset their wage structure, and him being removed, it, it would be great for them, right? So yeah. I think I think if he ends up, uh, I think playing wise. Him going to Manchester United is great, yeah. Because okay? he suits everything that they need, and he suits Ten Hag's system. Uh, but I just mentally, does he want to be there or not? Right? We th- we think no for now. But I think if Manchester United does sign him, I think he will come around. I don't yeah. think I don't think it'll be one of those things where he goes and he's like he's like playing poorly like Arthur did when he went to to Juventus from Barcelona. I think he'll end up picking it up and he'll uh, become the monster that we know him to be. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Uh, next is Tielemans to Arsenal. Uh, I think that's hot. I think that also might likely happen uh, within the next week. Um, 
listen, he's he. I don't know why no one else is interested in him. He he only uh, he he played kind of poorly last season by his standards, but he was still decent. He was unreal every other season before, yeah. but. I think he was just poor because he wanted to move and he didn't get what he wanted. So he played poorly just as a way to, to kind of like lower his value so he can leave a season early, even though he's going to be on a free next year. Um, he could be had for 25 million pounds. I think, uh, I think any team in the premier league would be happy to have him. Uh, I just think he ends up going to Arsenal and if Arsenal do get him and Jesus and, you know, they have Vieira. Uh, that's already like an A window for me, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you guys do need some wing backs. Some yeah, I mean, we need we need like a left back to back up Tierney. Yeah, and a right back. So, so for right back, I was thinking about this the other day, Lucas. So Cedric is uh, is available for for one more year as a backup. They have a young right back named Norton Cuffey, who's 18 years old, who just uh, he started for a League One team on loan last season. Um, I think he gets loaned out again, right? And I think the yeah. following season he ends up being the backup to Tomiyasu. But I, ultimately, I agree. Uh, they they want like Aaron Hickey from yeah. Bologna, and Aaron Hickey can play on the left and the right. So I think in some way that kind of just solves like one problem all at one time for them, or two problems all at one time. Yeah. But yeah. um, but but ultimately those three signings like address almost every single problem that they had but except for like you said the the wing back situation yeah uh Serge Gnabry just leaving Bayern Munich damn dude so i think i don't know this i think is a tough one this is so tough because i don't i don't know who gets him so right now i would say right now i would say it's cold it could potentially get hot but like who is he going to go to on a higher wage structure, right? Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea would be great. Chelsea would be great. If he I mean if he fills the striker void for Chelsea, I think that would be uh that would be unreal for him. Yeah. Um Real Madrid. Real Madrid would also be great. Real Madrid with Narby, uh Benzema and and Vinicius up front yeah. would be great. But but I just I think it's cold right now. I don't know if he ends up getting signed. Real Madrid said they're not really looking to make any signings right now. They're looking to sell players before they decide what they want to do next. Yeah. Um, but right now I would say it's cold. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see who we have here next. Calvin Phillips to Manchester City, and let's add in Marcus Cursarello to Manchester City. Okay. So both of these seem to be really hot uh, right now. I think they both get done. I mean, gosh, Cucurella, uh is really good. Like I knew he's he was really good once they signed him from Getafe. Um, I don't know, man. He's gonna be he's he's a really good player. He's I hate Manchester City. They're just doing business so well right now. And yeah, man, if they get those two players, they don't need to sign anybody else. No. Uh, there's no weaknesses on their squad and. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Calvin Phillips also going to be hot. I think that that will probably get over the line. I don't think it'll happen within the next couple of weeks, though. I think it'll happen in July or August. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Cucurella is going to be the one that occurs this this month. So uh, I'm I'm hotter on Cucurella compared to um, compared to Calvin Phillips. I like it. So let me just interrupt this game for one second because there is some breaking news. Tottenham have officially announced uh, Basuma on a 29 million euro fee plus add-ons. 
Man, what a good signing. I'm so bothered by this. Like, fantastic signing. He fills in that role, like, so well now. Uh, Conte with the <sighs> brilliant, brilliant signing here. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest concern with him and the reason why the fee is so small here, whereas last year he was worth $50 million, is the legal troubles that he went through. Uh, I guess it seems that Tottenham have done all their research and have confirmed that everything is okay with Basuma before signing him. But, yeah, what what a signing for them. I agree. I mean, they they have done uh, nothing but great business so far this window. They need they need maybe a center back, right? A left footed yeah. center back and uh, a right wing back, uh, just for 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 depth. And uh, I think I think that's it. I mean, if you're looking, like, look, if you're looking at the top four teams for for next year, Tottenham is in that is in that firmly, in my opinion, right? So to me, it's it's Liverpool, uh, Manchester City, Tottenham, and then it, right as of right now, it's kind of like a toss up between Chelsea and Arsenal because of the defenders that Chelsea lost. Um, and the fact that they're going to lose Lukaku as well, not that I think they'll miss him, but Basuma is so quality, um, and proves a need for them. And, uh, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I hate, I, I hate it too. I do love that Sadio Mane, uh, I mean, got announced for the fee, right? 27 and a half million pounds, a uh, great deal for Bayern Munich add, add-ons to potentially 35 million pounds. Yeah. Uh, what, Lucas, what do you think that? Uh, what do you think is the better signing of the two? And uh, for for Mane going to to Bayern, do you think that means that Lewandowski is definitely leaving to to Barcelona? I mean, Lewandowski has been leaving. He's either not going to play the season or he's going to leave. So that's not the big issue here. Um, I think the better signing though is the Basuma signing because it fills in the much needed void of Spurs where they didn't have a midfield strong enough to compete. Now they have Basuma that just steps in right in with Bentacore next to him, with Kulu on the right, Kane up top, Son on the left. That front six, if they fill in an attacking mid, it it can be very good. And if they get Ericsson, which they're trying to sign, that can be a great, great business uh, transfer window for them. I agree. I agree. I mean, some people might think Ericsson uh, didn't play well uh, in Inter Milan with Conte, but but that was the first half, right? He really picked it up and kind of began to understand his his role as a central midfielder and uh, ended up playing really well down the stretch for him before he had his contract terminated. Um I don't know, man. Tottenham yeah. looks very dangerous to me. I don't know. Maybe Bayern will do us a favor and buy Kane. <laughs> maybe to replace to replace Leva. Yeah, that would, that would be filthy. Um, so the last one that I have here is Matthias Delict. Do you think he'll leave? No, no. I think that's frozen. Uh, he's. He is, uh, in terms of market value, probably the most expensive defender uh, on the market, like in the world. Uh, Over Van Dyke? Yeah, because he's just younger. Fair. You know what I mean? He's like six, seven years younger than Van Dyke, and he's almost just as good. Uh, I think, I mean, he's he's world class, man. He's gonna continue to play for Juventus this year because they lost Chiellini. I don't see him. I don't see him going. All right. Fair enough. 
that's all I have. That's a lot of players that we went through. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I mean, you have some bold predictions saying some of the signings are going to be over the line in the next week. So let's see if that actually happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, we'll be close to a few. We'll we'll see what happens uh, next week. I feel like this is starting to be a, a really good transfer window in terms of moves and stuff. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see what develops here. Lucas, before we get into our next segment, um, you know, they announced the World Cup sites, right? Yes. I just think it's it's just kind of worth talking about. Uh, the sites that we have, uh, and I'll, I'll read them out to, to everyone listening. The sites announced MetLife Stadium, SoFi Stadium in LA, AT&T Stadium, Levi Stadium, Hard Rock in Miami, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, uh, Seattle has a stadium, Lumen Field, Houston with NRG Stadium, Kansas City with Arrowhead, uh, Vancouver with BC Place, Toronto with BMO Field, uh, Mexico City with the Estadio Azteca, which is going to be a mother effort for whoever plays there, uh, Monterey for the Estadio BBVA, Guadalajara, Philadelphia, and Boston, right? So it's very clear just based off of this list that, that Mexico has uh, you know three cities, Canada has essentially two cities, and then the rest is in the United States. Um, just to jump in, this is for 2026 for those 2026, who 2026, yes, yes. So just want to include that. Yeah, so so uh, what is your take on this? Right, We kind of initially knew that this was going to be a majority U.S. Uh, World yeah. Cup after you know it, it being like 20-something years. The next one will also likely be in South America because it has not been in South America for, for a long time. Uh or, or should I say Asia? I don't know. We'll see. But what is your take on this? And are you excited? And do you hope that the final is at MetLife Stadium like it's been uh, rumored to be? Uh, yes, very excited. Yes, I hope the World Cup final is in MetLife Stadium so we can get tickets. And what is my take on this? It really doesn't surprise me. I think the biggest surprise to me is the fact that they chose Kansas City over the likes of Chicago. I agree. Chicago is a bigger market, and Kansas City is like a flyover state. Um, and then also Houston surprised me. You Houston, know, because they Dallas is right there. So I figured Dallas has the bigger stadium. So that's the one that really surprises me. But like in terms of the West Coast, that all made sense. They had Vancouver. They had uh, Seattle, huge soccer market over there. Okay. Uh, San Francisco who actually I don't believe have a soccer MLS team. No, they do not. Um, LA, as expected, uh, and Guadalajara. That all made sense to me. Um, I think some markets that were missing, though, was Orlando, because Orlando has a lot of soccer tournaments for the youth in the U.S. So I think that was one market that was missing, uh, which I probably would have put... Orlando instead of Kansas City, and maybe Chicago instead of Kansas City. Okay. Um, or actually, no, Chicago instead of Kansas City, Orlando instead of Houston. Okay. I think uh, this is my take on it. So a lot of football stadiums, um, a lot of American football stadiums. All American, pretty much in the U.S., all are American football yeah. stadiums. BMO Field is like the only field that I look at and, and recognize as like a soccer arena uh, that, that we have currently, not including Mexico, right? Because Mexico obviously has uh, the three soccer stadiums. 
I just think, man, I don't know what they're going to do about the situation with the artificial turf uh, in some of these stadiums, right? Like, like MetLife Stadium is notoriously bad uh, with the turf field. Is and, it still yeah, turf, though? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Dude, players get injured on that, that stadium. So I don't know what they're going to do, uh, how they're going to how they're gonna, uh, abdicate it and put grass in it is summer, right? So I do think they'll they'll be able to figure something out because uh, you know it's in the it's in the off season for football. Yeah. Uh, I so li- listen to this. I think I think Vegas would have been great, honestly. Oh. Uh, just because one, it's a new arena, and two, they do have grass, right? Uh, and three, it's it's Vegas, and yeah. you know if you if you're t- talking about attracting people to certain places, then I think it's it's going to be really good. I don't know how this will play out for for people internationally, uh, just in general, because the U.S. is super expensive right now. That, that'll hopefully change. And, and the other thing I'm I'm concerned about is like, what are ticket prices going to look like? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are they going to be super expensive, or how are how are uh, they they're going to divide divide that up between the nations? Are certain countries allocated certain amounts, and that's how it's going to be? It, all stuff that I'm interested in learning more about. Maybe the answers are already there and I just haven't looked for them. But um, yeah, man, very curious about how that's going to play out financially. That is a great point, actually. Um, Didn't think about that financially. Vegas was a great shout. Uh, Again, I think think the state, having it at a football stadium, it allows them to sell more tickets, make more money for FIFA. FIFA is very corrupt. We've known this. So I think having it at a football stadium just makes the most sense. And I think given that it's the off season, I think they're able to change the turf to be not like the old school Astro turf where it's just flat. If you remember how the old giant stadium was, it was just straight flat, not like this uh, artificial like grass turf. Um, so I think that they'll be able to Definitely be able to uh, ensure that the stadium is like fully, fully healthy for the players. Okay. Okay. I think that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully they figure it out. But I think this this is good that we talked about. I'm so excited, Lucas. I can't wait. We're gonna be like in our early 30s when this World Cup rolls around, which I'm sure neither of us want to talk about. No, we're not uh, talking about that. All right. We're. So I want to get into our last segment. Uh, this one I'm very excited about. What we're going to be doing here is Lucas and I are going to be dra- drafting uh, starting 11s, right? And uh, we will uh, essentially be playing against each other, and you guys will decide who had the better team. So, yeah. Lucas, this is this is kind of how I, I was thinking we do it, right? Okay. I think I think we should do a snake format where uh, first pick and then the next person gets two, three, and then four. But I, but I think we should both get uh, we before we start the draft, we both either get Mbappe or Holland because oh okay because think about this right they're they're clearly going to be uh, probably our first two picks no matter yeah. how we do it right. And so I just think that if we're going to do it that way, then uh, we might as well just have each of them on our, our team. Okay? Yeah, I like that. So so how about this? How about uh, whoever... Let's flip a coin. Okay, you want to flip so, a coin? So we know... Okay. Do you think Mbappe is better than Holland? 
Uh, I would I would actually take Holland over Mbappe. I don't know if you would take um, Holland over Mbappe. It's I'll take Mbappe over Holland. Sorry, okay, I'll, so take, I'll take Mbappe then. Okay, so cool. So I'll take Holland. All uh, right. And then and then do you, do we want to do uh, now? We, we, now we can flip a coin to see who's going first. Okay. All right. right. Hey Siri, flip a coin. Wait, wait. wait. Oh wait. All right. Uh, heads or tails? Tails. Tails. All right. Hey Siri, flip a coin. Tails. It's tails. Oh. All right, so you get first pick. Okay. Okay. Vinicius. You're taking Vinicius. Yes. Wow. Wow, that is not who I was expecting. Okay. Woo. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke. Okay. Uh, Mohamed Salah. Let's start. Let's start the oh, right okay. down. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. You get two and three. You get two and three. I get two and three? Okay. You get two and three because I got the first pick. All right. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, okay. Um, so I get two picks now. Okay. Yes, you get two picks. Okay. So I'm going with uh, Salah. Okay. And, uh, oh, this is so tricky now. Um, you picked De Bruyne? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go with Pedri. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was such a good pick. I was gonna take him. <laughs> oh man, kudos, kudos. Good, good. A lot of respect for that pick. Wow. Okay. Um, dude, he's still the best in the world. Messi. Okay, damn, that's a good pick. Uh, uh, give me one oh, second. No, wait, no, I did I? Oh, I picked two, right? So yeah, you picked two. Okay. So picked then you get another Salah. one. Yeah, you picked Salah and Pedri. Yeah, so, so oh, I was gonna take Pedri right there. <laughs> oh, um, Trent Alexander Arnold. Oh, such a good pick. Damn. All right. The the De Bruyne pick just like really kills it for me because he's so good. I know he's so good. Um, I'm gonna probably go with Rodri. I'll go with Rodri as defensive midfielder. Wow. I'm I'm doing a four three three. Are you also doing? I'm a doing a four three three too. Okay. Okay. We love the four three three. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to do Rodri, and then I think I'm going to probably also do – I have to think about this. Uh, damn. I'll take Cancelo. Uh, oh, good shout. All right, that was a good pick. He was actually going to be one of my next picks. Uh, okay, let's secure up. I don't have many many midfielders here. Ooh, this is so tough, right? This is very tough. This is very very difficult. Uh, Joshua Kimmich. Okay. Oh, great pick. I should have picked him. Why did I pick Rod? <laughs> oh. uh. uh. Oh. Oh, dude, you didn't pick him? Kareem Benzema. 
No, because I have Holland. You know what I mean? Oh, all right. So, Benzema. So, I thought you would have picked him by now. No, no. So so this is the thing. I was thinking if, if I was going to play a um, a 4-2-2. Yeah, 4-4-2. You know what I mean? Or if I wanted to do the 4-3-3 with three strikers, then I would have picked him. But like I wanted I wanted the pace of uh, yeah. Spa and Vinicius, so that's why I decided. Um, damn, man. I'm, I'm, uh, damn, I should have picked Kimmich. I don't even know. Um, let me think for a second. I'm going to take uh, – damn. I want to take <laughs> Bernardo Silva. You're going Bernardo Silva? Yeah. Okay. Because um, then now I have the creativity that I need, right? And I'm trying to – I'm trying to. so this is the thing. I wanted to pick center midfielders, but then I was just kind of like, uh, like, I'm not sure about that. And then I'll pick um, – I'll pick – I'll pick Ruben Diaz, too. Oh, oh, thank God you left this guy available for me. Okay. David Alaba. Okay. Center back. And hmm, now I need another. Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies? Oh, that's a great pick. Okay. That's my left back right there. All right. So how many players are you at right now? I'm at eight. I am at two. Four, six, eight, nine. Wait, what? Two, four, six. Yeah, I have nine. Okay. Okay. Um, I just need to think about this. How do I? I have so many left-footed uh, center midfielders that I'm just thinking maybe it's worth it to take this guy. I like how both of our last players are pretty much going to be goalies. I know. I know. Well, listen, this is the thing. Like, if I, I'm not going to waste a pick because there's so many good goalies. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, all right, I'm going to pick Delight. Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah, so I'm going to pick Delight, and I have one more. Yes, you have one more. And then I have to get a left back, too, now. Oh. This is the thing, man. There's not too many. All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do Andy Robertson. All right, I like it. So now these are my last two picks. I need a center mid, and I need a goalkeeper. Okay. Center mid, Jude Bellingham. Great pick. I almost took him. I almost took him over Bernardo Silva. Jude Bellingham. Goalkeeper. This is very difficult. Like it really is. Such a good, like, there's so many good uh, goalkeepers out there. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Thibaut Courtois. Okay. I was going to take him. I was going <laughs> to okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's, how could I not, right? I know. Oh, this is so brutal, man. I'll probably, uh, uh, I was, uh, you know what? I'll just take, uh, I'll take Alisson. It's okay. I'll take okay. Alisson. Now, you know, do you want to also take two bench players? Okay, we could do that. So you have one more player. How about, um, how about we do three? How about we do okay, three? three. Okay. So then you have one more player. I get two picks, and then you get your final two bench. Okay. 
So yeah, so we'll we'll do we'll do like one midfielder, one defender, one attacker. How about that? Perfect. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do. Um, I'll do uh, Hyungmin Son. Oh! <laughs> no. <laughs> I I suggested subs just so I could take Hyungmin Son. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! No, I don't know who would actually. No, I have a very easy, easy pick. Neymar. Okay, you've sniped me two times. I've sniped you three times. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, that's that was great. So, uh, yeah, so I think Son because you know he can play on the wings and then he can play as a striker. So I like him for for his versatility, right? Yeah. Um, damn, I want like an all around midfielder. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. Uh. Well, you get another pick, don't you? I do get another pick. Okay. So I get a midfielder now or defender. Um, this is very tough. Very, 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 very tough. Gavi. Okay, good, good. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking Valverde. Oh, all right, yep. Valverde almost made my starting team. I may even decide to just start him over uh, over like one of my midfielders right now because he is just that good. Um, so I'll do Valverde, and then I'll end it with um, defender. Yeah, defender. Uh, you know what? I'll give a shout, and I'll do uh, I'll do Marquinhos. Oh, okay. Because he could play defensive midfielder too. So and right back. So I'll take him. That all right? I like that. Um, let me see. This is one for the future, who okay. I just think he's a fantastic. Oh, wait, Reese James. Good pick. I was going to take it. I was going to take another player, but this player like uh, Reese James is just way better in my opinion. Yeah. So I was going to take Hakimi. But I just think Reese James is a better uh, right back. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree with that. Uh, you know, I almost picked him over Cancelo, but, like, Cancelo's just been such a monster. Yeah. And he can play on the left, too. So, like, I just um, I just really like him a lot. All right. So, uh, read your team to me because I don't know who – I just was focusing on who I picked. I feel like your midfield uh, might might be better than mine. Uh, I feel like my whole team is better than yours. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Opinion. We'll see. My, I don't know. My fun three is murder. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. So Let me... I have Mbappe, okay. Zema, Messi as my front three. That's fucking – that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not supposed to curse on this show. Uh, I didn't curse. I said I said I have cursed, but go ahead. Uh, my midfield three is KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, Jude okay. Bellingham, and Joshua Kimmich. Okay. Really good. Oh man! And my back four is Alfonso Davies, Virgil Van Dyke, David Alaba, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay. My goalkeeper is Courtois. My bench is Neymar, Gavi, and Reese James. Damn, I think you might. Oh, damn, I think they might vote you over me, but I don't know. I like my team too. Okay. Yeah. My team is uh, Holland, Vinicius, Salah. Okay. Uh, Pedri, Rodri, Bernardo Silva. The Bernardo Silva pick surprised me, to be honest. 
I know I should have picked I should have I should have gotten Kimmich in there instead, but I needed I needed more creativity and he's left footed and Pedri's right footed. So yeah, you get you get a balance in that in that midfield. The Pedri pick, fantastic. Uh, I have uh, Cancelo, Ruben Diaz, Delight, and Andy Robertson, which yeah. I think is solid. That's very solid. And then I have Ali Son, and then my bench is uh, Human Son, Valverde, and Marquinhos. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. I'm leaning towards my team, to be honest. I don't know, man. I, I feel like my team, like, if you look on paper, your team your team might be better, but I just, like, I feel like I like the cohesion of my team. You know what I mean? I have a thought process to it. Left-footed, right-footed, pace. They're so fast, ball playing, through balls and stuff. I mean, if I had – De Bruyne makes the difference in that midfield. Yeah. I, I, if, if Bruno Fernandes had the season that he had two seasons ago last year, I would have 100% picked him. But yeah. I just feel like I just feel like in, in good faith I could not, and I just thought that uh, Silva had the, the better season. You know what I, I mean? I agree. Um, but I don't know, man, looking back, maybe there's some players that I could, I could think about improving, but really like, I mean, De Bruyne is, uh, that pick I think is the, t- the difference between our two teams because there's not, there's not really an attacking midfielder that's close in yeah. my, in my opinion for, for him. So, um, the other player I was really considering taking was honestly, uh, Florian Wirtz. Because I'm I'm just so high on him uh, from from Leverkusen. He, dude's a monster. Like dude is he's 19 years old. He's so good. Um, like I think I said like last podcast, I favor him over Havertz. But he was the only other player that I was con- considering taking. Bellingham was another one uh, as well. But great, ultimately great team. Uh, I feel like on both sides. The player I was thinking about was uh, what's it called? Uh, Phil Foden. Throw in Phil Foden in there. Foden, I'm also considering, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like that segment. All right, cool. We'll have more stuff like this, uh, you know, I think going up, um, you know, the next few weeks when we have stuff to to, to crush. Oh, okay. Um, so what we will plan on doing is we will screenshot both of our teams. We'll post it on our, on our Instagram, and you guys will decide whose team is better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We have, um, I mean, we have a couple of more announcements before we go. Not really anything crazy. Uh, you know, we could talk about maybe the Apple deal for, for MLS. I think that's a great deal for MLS. They get $2.5 billion uh, for the ability for anybody from anywhere to stream any club game. Uh, you know, so if you support like New York City uh, FC and like you live in Seattle, you can watch New York City FC games. I think that's great for them. Uh, more money is always good. Mark Roca is some uh, defensive midfielder for Bayern Munich going to Leeds United. Uh, I mean, Roca, Lucas, like, he used to play for Espanyol, so that's how I know him. He's, he was really good, and then he he really didn't get a good run of games uh, in Bayern's midfield because it's so stacked. But he's a good player. Um, but other than that, nothing really else to announce. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we announced everything. It was a great episode today. I had a lot of fun. I had a good time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that being said, uh, we hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll catch you next week. Take it easy, guys. Don't enjoy them techers because there's no techers to enjoy, but we'll catch you next week. Enjoy them transfers. <laughs> enjoy them transfers. <laughs>